Hey everyone, Austin here with Carlson Cards. So today is the first episode of the Carlson Cards podcast. This is something I've had interest in for a while, but I just haven't gotten around to doing yet. I graduated from grad school last week with a mechanical engineering master, super pumped about that. Um, and one added benefit is I have a little bit more free time to be doing stuff like this. So my hope with this podcast is to really learn from the people that I talk to and by proxy help you guys learn as well, right? I can record these conversations, learning from collectors and dealers that have been here for maybe you know upwards of decades longer than myself. I hope you guys enjoyed. The guest today is absolutely awesome and this was a great conversation. Awesome. So welcome to episode one of the Carlson Cards podcast. I am joined today by a personal hobby hero of mine. Uh, so we got Brett from Stacking Slabs podcast. I've been watching his podcast for close to two years now, I think. Um, and recently, Brett, you just completed your 300th episode of the podcast. So I guess, first of all, it's the first time I've seen you face to face since then. So congrats on that. Appreciate it. Labor of love. Uh, Going to have conversations with collectors like you every week and uh, unlock some gems and information. And I always say when I'm doing these things, it's fun to create content. I create content for a living, um, but it's also even more enjoyable to learn from all the collectors who have been doing it uh, much longer than I have. Yeah. And that's actually, I appreciate you saying that. That's uh, selfishly why I want to start making these kind of videos or podcasts here, just because again, I've made videos on YouTube, like I mentioned, you know, before we get started here. Um, but it's felt like we're missing this like long form discussion that I selfishly want to have with everybody. And then now I get to record it and share it with others too. So I'm looking forward to hopefully finding tidbits and really like your strategy and your journey here that, you know, again, selfishly, I can steal and use um, in a good way, right? Learn from you. And then hopefully others can as well. Um, so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, how does it feel to have a quarterback? What's that been like? Like, what's the strategy now? You know, you're a guy who collected the 2000s mostly, it seems like, for football and some wrestling. Um, now you have, you know, the Colts have drafted Anthony Richardson. What's that strategy going, um, you know, that feeling like for you having a new young guy in the crowd? Um, so I will say it it feels uh, very, very refreshing. And I think, um, and I think, you know, I was actually having a conversation, um, at a work event with a Packers fan and, you know, Rogers moving over to the jets, they had Favre and then they had Rogers and you just elite quarterback play for so many years. And as a Colts fan, um, Manning to luck that transition elite quarterback play for 20 plus years. And then when you don't have it, you, or you're writing the quarterback, uh, carousel, you quickly realize that you miss the uh, stability of having elite quarterback play. Um, and so I would say just to answer your question, I'm, uh, I'm thrilled, uh, rejuvenated as a fan. Um, everybody, I'm a season ticket holder. Everybody around here, um, you know, was tired of what was happening with just the carousel. And so I think uh, having pick number four, shout out Houston Texans and Davis Mills for the game winner you put on us to allow us to pick uh, pick number four. Um, going into it uh, and studying and looking at, I'm a draft nut. I always have been. But the more I thought about new coach Shane Steichen and his track record with Rivers, Herbert, but most importantly, J Jalen Hurts and taking helping take the Eagles to the Super Bowl and making helping make Jalen Hurts uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, which no one would have said a year ago, um, really uh, had me uh, focusing in on Anthony Richardson the entire time. 
um, traits, uh, just freak of nature. Looks, he he's Andrew Luck size, but faster. Five more pounds on his frame. Um, he certainly doesn't have the experience Luck had out of college, but the goal really is match the quarterback soothsayer with the quarterback, and hopefully you get results. So uh, thrilled is an understatement. Um, I can't wait to buy my Anthony Richardson jersey on my podcast. I talked about buying my first Anthony Richardson card. Um, so, yeah, the, the the excitement level here in Indianapolis just going into next season, it's, it's tremendous, and there's very little expectation. So it's kind of the perfect match. Anything we do or he does or helps the Colts do is really a, a net gain. So excited to have a quarterback here in the present and in the future. Yeah, that's uh, it's funny you touch on the expectation and you touch on the Packer thing too, right? Because I'm a Packers fan through and through, and we've had such a good performance at the quarterback position. It's now this weird time frame where I can't have expectations, but I have super high expectations. Whereas, you know, it almost sounds like to your point, you guys have had such a carousel. It's like, okay, if we can just get, you know, eight wins or nine wins or something, that'd be an improvement. That's great. And he's going to develop. So that's awesome. And that's the thing with Jordan Love, I think, too. It's like, you know, he's had three years to sit. This is time, right? Richardson, mm-hmm. if he doesn't come out hot, I think it's okay for everybody. But that's super cool. So you did touch on, you know, you picked up your first card. How did you go about that? Again, having been that guy who's kind of been in the 2000s, mostly outside of dabbling in, you know, some of the newer sets for Colts quarterbacks I've seen you picked up. Because um, I, again, I'm like, I have Jordan Love here. He's playing, but I don't know what I'd buy, to be honest. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm like in this weird dilemma. So what was that process like for you? Yeah, so uh, I knew there was going to be limited availability, and it was one of those things where it was like, I don't know, my uh, Colts quarterback collecting has just always been a lane I've explored since I've been in the hobby, and my excitement level about this draft pick, like literally, I was like, I had like a piece of pizza in my hand, and my daughter was asleep upstairs. My wife was with her mother at Hamilton and I had a buddy. Hamilton was in town. My wife was away. And my buddy was on the couch and I was just like sitting there. I'm just like, please pick Anthony Richardson. Please pick Anthony Richardson. And when Goodell said Anthony Richardson, it was like this, just a moment of like emotion and all the texting and stuff was happening. And then like after the dust had settled and I like took a deep breath, I was like, I got to go look on eBay for Anthony Richardson cards. And there literally was a Bowman Chrome, which I love Bowman Chrome. Um, obviously being a Peyton Manning collector, when I think about everyone's got their own thoughts, but when I think about Peyton Manning's rookie card, I, a lot of people go to the tops Chrome. Uh, it's probably more, uh, more widespread. That image is in people's minds, but mine has always been the Bowman Chrome. Mm-hmm. Um, refractor has been like i've got a copy and i bought the copy right when i got back in the hobby and i've never thought about selling it so like the bowman chrome university for college was out i never had a reason to explore those until now and i was like this is so fun like the first card i'm going after is a bowman chrome gold which if you're a peyton manning collector bowman chrome golds they're just that's a, a card you want and so there was literally a a, a Bowman Chrome gold, Bowman Chrome University gold out of fifty of Anthony Richardson and an SGC ten with fifteen minutes to go. <laughs> I looked at this card and I was like, I was like, perfect timing. Checking all the boxes and I was like, 
I don't even need to know the comps of this card. I want this card. And so I'm just going to put a ridiculous bid on it. And I had the fat bid loaded up, the mega bid loaded up. <laughs> and I, I le- legitimately like went to card ladder and I like, look what the last one sold for. And raw, the last one mm-hmm. sold raw. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put a big bid in. And I don't know if people were stuck in draft mode watching it, but like I got the card for like a third of what the raw last comp sold for wow. like a month ago. And it was, so it was like double victory. I was like, great. I saved myself a few hundred dollars. I got this card. And when it came, it was like, it was so special. It like came and I was just like, I looked at it for a minute and I was just like, this is the first card of so many cards I'm about to buy of this player. This is so much fun. It's sweet that you mentioned that too, because now it feels like, like, well, to to the basis, right? You're collecting as a fan of him now. There's not really prospecting going on, which I think is good. I mean, you would probably agree. And then the coolest part is this one. It sounds like you're going to have an awesome memory no matter what. Like you're going to remember, I bought this card at this specific time. So that's really cool. Um, so to kick it over a little bit, one thing I want to ask you, and I, I this is coming off the top of my head as I'm talking to you here. So you have interviewed possibly the most collectors of anyone that I know. Um, you know, one thing with having done 300 episodes, I think, you know, I would assume it's been close to probably hundred to 150 collectors, right? If I had to guess. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's been a lot. So I'm going to pretend you're like a psychologist, like an experimenter <laughs> here, right? I just was wanting to ask, like, what are some high level takeaways you would have from talking to that many people? Because I'm like, again, if you've, those who are listening and have seen my channel, I've been around for two to three years, pretty new, right? didn't know what I was doing, kind of was buying stuff, trying to sell it, buy stuff, trying to sell it. Then lo and behold, I tried to just start collecting and everything seemed to click and it was working out. Right. So what, what in your mind, having seen all these collectors who have been around for a long time, what are the takeaways and what do you think a lot of people who come in are maybe missing the boat on, especially those who are trying to be collectors, but they don't know where to start. Yeah. So I think primarily like the biggest at the like top of the mountain, the, the number one thing would be this element that the people that I'm talking to and I'm learning from would rather have the cards than they would the money or the cards as a vehicle to get the money. And I think once you get to this level where that's your breakthrough, then things start happening, right? Like there are irrational decisions that you make as collectors, like me and that Anthony Richardson card, like, I was not only willing to set the market, I was willing to do it in an absurd behavior because (laughs) I wanted that card and I didn't care. Um, So there's that, like it's about the cards over the money. And I think when you start operating and what I've learned, when you start treating the cards as like uh, collectibles and as um, these uh, items that are next to you that you can appreciate, the money and the the stuff just ends up working itself out. So like that, that would be one. I would, I would say too, it's uh, on the money track. It's like this idea that you get to this point where no matter the price of certain cards that seem like they're out of your reach, they no longer become out of your reach because you begin to uh, build this equity in your PC And over time it compounds. And so then you as the collector are constantly making decisions. And those decisions are, there's this card that I really want. Um, uh, Of 
if I took that money out of my bank checking account right now and had no explanation, there's chances are my wife would say, Hey, <laughs> I thought we were going to like redo the kitchen. Uh, or the baby looks we gonna... up at you. Where's my college tuition, dad? <laughs> or, exactly. But the questions are none of that gets asked when you're just selling cards out of your PC to fund the next purchase. So I think that's a breakthrough that certainly not only I've learned from really savvy, smart collectors, but it's something I've built in my process. And also too, like I would say, finally, the other big bullet is um, what you collect right now. The odds are that it might not be something that you collect a year or two years from now. Like this hobby and buying cards and enjoying cards it's a never ending journey and so i think having trades like being adaptable and just kind of letting your emotion carry you um is really good like i find that the most irrational decisions i've ever made in the hobby are my favorite decisions and the ones that are the most memorable i would say like never come to me with uh a price uh, advice on pricing and stuff because I I am not scared to be the the person who I actually <laughs> I actually sent a text to a buddy before this and uh, I said congratulations uh, your card just went up in value because I just set the comp on this card that I just bought and it's just because like. I don't, at the end of the day, what I've learned, like it's, it's maneuvering and you, sometimes you just gotta like make this, I feel like so much time is wasted in the back and forth and then negotiating over 50 bucks, a hundred bucks. It's like, if you treat every relationship, like it's someone you're going to buy from for a long time, like things come your way. And final, final note on this is like so much of the hobby is transactional buy card, sell card, make money. It's like the more we as collectors treat the hobby as a opportunity to build and develop and nurture long-term relationships, the cooler the things happen and the more fun the hobby gets. That is a piece. I like that. That was really interesting. So I have to confess something to you. When you, well, before we talked today, um, you had given me some cards that were your favorites. So I was, I was really scrolling your Instagram page to, you know, snag some pictures of those. Um, and I realized I purchased your 2005 finest gold refractor, Philip Rivers, the other week, which is kind of funny because I think you must have auctioned it. And I, I, I saw it was the same number. I, I, so I actually, um, back to the selling stuff, like, yeah. okay, you bought, you bought, if I buy a card that's $3,000, then it's judgment day with my PC where it's like, <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. got to figure out how I get $3,000 out of this. And so, and you know, it's happened, bad when the player, his face turns the other direction on the card and you're like, okay, not that one. He doesn't want to go yet. <laughs> exactly. But like every decision is a tough decision, right? So like that card, um, bought it, subbed it and got it back. It was just time to go. I enjoyed that. But then I, I did see, I think it was a story post by you. I saw it. I was like, Oh, you did notice. Okay. okay that's funny. Yeah, I, I, I noticed. I was like, <laughs> but, but that's part of like, it made me feel good that it ended up with you because I know like you, the way you're collecting and how you're collecting for me, it was like, awesome. He's got like some rivers in the mix now, which I thought was super cool. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I, I'll be honest, I'm in that, like, you know, it kind of, I'll get back to the equity. I have a question on that in a second, but I'm in that mode where it's like, 
you know, your chaos order, chaos order. Like right now I'm in chaos. It's like, okay, I got the Brady. I got the Peyton stuff figured out. I have most of the Peyton cards I want. Now let's just add all these different players. And like you said, kind of figure out what sticks. Like, do I want mm-hmm. one of each player? Do I like sets? Do I like, you know, maybe top 10 of each player? Right. I'm just kind of figuring out. It's very fun. Um, so I wanted to ask again on that rivers made me think of it. And you mentioned the equity thing. So when you buy cards or like organizing your collection, do you kind of have this sense of like, okay, these are like the tier A's. These are never leaving unless, you know, you know, a child gets sick or we get in a car, you know, like car breaks down or whatever. And then you have these other ones that are kind of like you said, these equity type cards. I'm already feeling that as in buying these, right? Like I bought the rivers. It's really cool. But is it my top guy? Probably not. You know, maybe one day I sell it. I don't know. So I was curious if you could touch on that a little bit. I found that the cards that stick in my collection are cards that connect back to something else. So what I mean by this, uh, an example would be, um, I, for the longest time, had trouble buying Peyton Broncos cards for all the reasons (laughs) as a hardcore Colts fan, as you can imagine. Then, as I became more aggressive in my Andrew Luck collecting, my best memories around being Andrew Luck fan and season ticket holder during Luck was his matchups versus Peyton. It was Peyton coming back for the first time. It was the playoff victory in the divisional round against the Broncos. So that, and then, and also too, it's like my, because I collect luck. Yes. There's, you know, years of Chrome and finest, but really that's the 2012 was the start of the Panini era in football cards. So the start of Panini era in football cards also coincides with the start of the Manning era in Denver. So, for me, it was like, if why would I not collect these amazing cards and parallels from Panini that I have with Luck and collecting Manning just because he's in a Broncos uniform? That didn't make any sense. So the connection points there is the pairings. It's the, if mm-hmm. I've got the Andrew Luck over here, Gold Prism, then I want the Peyton Manning Gold Prism so I can pair them together. Now, once you start pairing cards together, that starts to tell a really significant story. And those are cards I found. You just do not let go of it. Those there's a sticking point. It's like, I'm a software guy. I do marketing and software. It's like, we have a product launch tomorrow. It's a, it's, we're launching a new integration with a major uh, marketing company and, and technology stack that every marketer uses. And the reason why we're doing this is because, you know, it makes your product stickier once it comes renewal time. People are less likely to leave you if you're integrated with their primary stack. And that's what I found with my collecting. It's like the more the cards are integrated together, the less likely they are to leave. The other piece that I'll layer onto this is the sets. So as I've grown and matured as a collector, sets and the cards and the aesthetics really matter to me. Like that really matters. And if I like the card parallel set enough, then I choose to go on this exploration where then I can start buying cards of players that I never dreamt that I would buy cards before. Like I ended up with a, I won an auction last week for a um, totally Chrome or totally certified mirror gold Reggie Bush card in his. I saw Lions that. Game. I didn't bid on it, but I had seen that auction. That's <laughs> I cool. want it. I That's want really cool. it because I love I love that parallel, um, and also the 
sickening thing of it all is I'm wearing my Notre Dame hat. I was on campus for the Bush push game and hate USC. Sorry, USC fans, but I hate USC football with all of my heart. And that game just killed me so much. But then like, while it's sickening to me, the fact that like I'm now buying a Reggie Bush card because it ties back to the memory. It just like signifies that moment in time for me as a sports fan. So I don't know, like I, you look at like nineties collectors, basketball collectors, watch how all the OG nineties collectors operate, right? They're in the sets and they're buying the players because they love the sets and the players are nostalgic to them. I don't think that's really happening at a level in football cards as it is in basketball cards. So I'm not trying to start a trend. I'm just saying these are some observations I'm making. And when I operate that way, those cards are less likely to leave my PC. That's awesome. No, and I like that you touched on even the basketball versus football thing. Cause I think that's partially, you know, obviously loving football more was why I started collecting it, but that part to me always, I shouldn't say scares me, but kind of surprises me because, you know, you look at, there's players that are in the exact same set, same parallel, same numbering, but different sport. And you'd argue like football, some of these, like Peyton has this amazing legacy, but then you see like he sells for a fourth of like trying to think of an example, you know what I mean? Like a, like a third or fourth guy from the nineties. It's just kind of crazy that um, that exists, but it's just the here, market here, we live in. Let's hear it. Let's hear you. Got here's one. a comp for you. So when yeah. I bought my Marvin Harrison, uh, PMG 97 PMG red. Um, the, the reason, uh, I got a text from a buddy, a message from a buddy. And he said, Hey dude, you, you, this is up. You got to buy this. And I was probably a year, maybe a little over a year to my collecting. And I might've bought one or two cards that were as expensive as that one at the time, but not many. Um, and when I saw the price of the card, I was like, that's a lot of money, but this is a PMG of one of my favorite players. Like, uh, let's, let's try to justify this a little bit. First thing I did was go over to the basketball stuff and I'll never forget like the last sale of a Rod Strickland yeah. red PMG was like three and a half X the price of this Marvin Harrison card. Once that sunk in, I was like, I am an idiot not to buy this card right now. So I just like bought the card. And now, you know, the, obviously people love PMGs. The, that card is appreciated, whatever. I'm never going to sell it. But like the justification there was like, man, like people are buying Rod Strickland for three and a half X what this Marvin is. I think Marvin's probably a better player when you compare the two so i'm gonna go out and buy it so there's always opportunities like that i feel like yeah and it sounds like the way you put it was really strong where it's like it's just evidence for you of why this card you're buying for your collection makes even more sense because you can look and have evidence on the other side right i think you would probably agree i never look at a card and think okay peyton 2012 prism gold did 8,000. kobe's is like 10 to 20x that now, am I saying Peyton should be worth Kobe? Probably not. I don't know, but it's good evidence to say that, okay, you know, maybe this isn't such a bad price. Of course, I don't have 10 grand, so I didn't win that Peyton. <laughs> you get you get the point. What did that go for? What did that I think it was for? like eight, seven to nine, somewhere in that range in a nine, five, which again, I think was pretty close with the prior one. But then I was looking at basketball and I was in Florida this past weekend visiting my dad and I was like listing off the comparable players for basketball and the prices and he was just super confused. And I was like, there, thank you, dad. I'm confused too. I agree. <laughs> my, I, I saw that that card is on my what list and Same, there's been yep. so many cracks at it recently. And I'm in the process of a move. And I 
when I saw that card list, I was just like, I can't possibly justify <laughs> buying that card right now because I'm supposed to be moving and spending my money on life. So I kind of blacked it out a little bit, yep. obviously needing an update for you. But whoever got that, I think that's a pretty decent price on a card like that. Agreed. Yeah, no, totally agree. So I was wondering, do you mind if we jump over to your collection a little bit? So I know you gave me a list of uh, four cards, so I'm going to swap. So I think, yeah, you can see us and the cards for those of you watching on YouTube. Otherwise, podcast, you don't get to see the visual here. Um, But if you wouldn't mind just stepping me through these top four cards you gave me and if there's any quick stories that you like about a specific card, that'd be great to share as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, and this is, I got to say, this is like the stacking slabs, like volume EP, like, uh, you know, like a rap <laughs> album. This is your cover right here. If you ever want to use it. I'm, I just might. So, uh, Oh, get overwhelmed by like the top question a little bit, but like, I knew we were doing this and you sent me a message today and I was like, all right, I just need to make some quick decisions on this. So, uh, I'll run through the highlights really quick. So the first card is the my most recent edition. It's the 2014 Prism Andrew Luck Black Finite, one of one. Just got it back from PSA, which PSA 10. Does it really matter on a one on one? I don't know. I grade all my one of ones, and if they come back a PSA 10, I feel like I'm like a superhero all of a sudden with these cards. It's like, look at me. Mine says 10, and it's a one of one. So. Uh, I always do that. People say, don't do that. I don't listen to them. But anyways, this card was like a dream card, like a unicorn for me. Uh, 2014 Prism is my favorite year. I just think it's gorgeous. I love the uh, backgrounds. I love how the players are pushed forward. Just 2014 on the Panini side, to me, I could write a book. Uh, A lot of people say a lot of negative things about Panini. I don't. I think Panini's done a really nice job just in general. But 2014, I think, is a shining moment for them. Prism is a big reason why. Um, So this card, uh, this is why you build relationships. This is why you post your cards. Post what you like. Some people say don't post because other people will find out whatever. I feel like that's a limited mindset. So I've been very aggressive in the past year with building out a badass Andrew Luck collection. One, because he's my second favorite player of all time behind Peyton Manning. And number two, because his cards are extremely affordable. Now, I think, again, I'm going to buy the cards because I love the player. But you go back and, you, again, the, the the basketball stuff, think about what like some of Penny Hardaway's best cards are selling for mm-hmm. right now, what Grant Hill's card. You don't think there's going to be a contingent of people who love Andrew Luck like me 10 years from now? I think there's going to be. So anyways, I've been aggressive because I've had this that thought process running through my head. This card was on my list. Grant Waldorf Stories was in Nashville. He sent me a picture. I almost fell out of my chair. He sent me the dealer's name. I messaged the dealer, and uh, he didn't really know the value. He said he was going to put it up on eBay. I said, don't do that. He said it could be worth X. It could be worth Y. I was like, let's just meet in the middle. Here's my offer deal done got the card it was just an awesome feeling sent it immediately to uh regular service to psa got it back and got a 10 which was extra special so that card literally i couldn't have gotten it without having a relationship in the hobby should i move on to the next one yeah and just again that's like a double whammy of again reminder that grant's awesome (laughs) i feel like he's just a good guy to know 
It's it's the it's 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 you uh the people from Wisconsin, man. You guys are out there in droves. Good collecting yeah, community. I hope I'll get some few, a few of us on here. We'll see. Um. Okay. Next card is for, we haven't talked much wrestling. This is the first wrestling card. Similar type of story. So this is the 2021 Topps Chrome WWE Roman Reigns Super Fracture One of One. I have always been a massive Roman Reigns fan, even when everybody hated him. He transformed into the tribal chief character. Now he's, you know, the most popular uh, wrestler in the world. Um, so I liken it to if you don't, uh, if you don't, uh, if you don't uh, watch wrestling or whatever. Basically, it was like LeBron James on the Cavs, like babyface, like good guy, couldn't win at first. Then he like took the, did the heel turn and went to Miami. Like, like that's the trajectory Roman Reigns is on. So this card is the last year of Topps Chrome having the WWE license. To, and it's the first card of him representing the new bad guy character. And this card, um, I want to shout out Adam Gelman, WWE Gelman, um, a good uh, wrestling card buddy of mine, literally in one of his Facebook groups, somebody was selling this card and he messaged me. He's like, Hey, this guy's selling this card. I think he's got an offer. Um, but it doesn't hurt to reach out. So I reached out to him. The offer that he was working on fell through. I offered more deal got done immediately, got the card. Couldn't believe it again, graded it, came back a PSA nine, but the, you know, we have these cards that you just like, I, I can't think of any circumstance that, you know, we'd I'd sell this card. When I think about my wrestling card collection, this is certainly one of them because not only is the story significant, but, uh, my primary PC, my Peyton Manning collection in wrestling cards is Roman Reigns. That's amazing, Brett. And can I ask you a quick question too? I am glad you mentioned not talking about wrestling yet. Before we jump over to your Peyton and Marvin Harrison, I see in front of me, could you just touch on like super high level for somebody who I, I appreciate wrestling. I've watched it before, right? I'm not like an Uber fan of it. Could you touch on like the collecting differences, just high level that you see between football and let's say wrestling? Is it, are you in a different mindset when you're buying wrestling cards? Are you in the similar mindset, right? It's just such a new world to me. I don't know anything about it. So I'd love to just ask that question if you don't mind. Yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly different. The way collectors operate, um, how everything works. Um, you know, there's not, there's not as much as the prospecting angle to it. Um, it seems like, uh, the value or the graded card element is a thing, but it's not as much of a thing. Um, but a lot of people in wrestling cards aren't there. People don't really sell their stuff too much. It's like people are buying them to collect and keep it in their stash. So uh, yeah, there is a different mindset I have to take. I would say probably over any other space that I bought cards in, you are going to be on one side of the coin where you end up buying the, a card of your dreams for a percentage of what you believe it's worth, like this Roman Reigns card, or you need a card so bad that you're willing to pay, set the bar and set comps. Like I have, I've been on both sides of that, probably 50% on each of those. And I don't, I don't really know what to liken it to, but it, it's kind of, it's very wild, wild west where there's less structure. There's more um, information being uh, shared in the back channels, which makes it fun and exciting. So 
um, yeah, you just kind I kind of, when I go explore wrestling cards and especially when I get into the negotiation phase, I certainly think a little bit differently, but I'll say, while I have gotten deals, some of the car, some of the most expensive cards that I've ever purchased have been wrestling cards. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's similarities, but there's majority differences. Awesome. So I, I appreciate that. That's good to know. Now I know like a little tidbit of wrestling. That's good. I'll keep storing it away for one day, maybe. <laughs> um, so if you want to touch on then the Peyton I see in front of me, I know I just picked up a gold for this, which this yeah. set kicks butt. Like I got it in hand. I'd never seen one. It's incredible. I still need to see one of these in hand though. So go ahead with the Peyton here. Yeah. So I'm going to, uh, I'll shout out our, our buddy, uh, Kevin Randall, the captain 37, when we were doing the first Peyton Manning top 10 live, this card, this was one or two on his list. And I had never seen it before. And he explained the significance of it being first year X fractor. Uh, and, and just the way the car, he was like, the, whatever I show you here, doesn't do this card justice. And so I was on a mission ever since that, where it was like, it's out of 20. So there's only 20 copies, which obviously for all you scarcity fans out there, that makes, that helps um, add, add a cherry on top. Um, and I've got, it's, it's hard because I gave you this card and it's like, is this my favorite Peyton Manning card that I own? And I think it is. And it's like not a rookie card, but I just, I, I love this card. And it's just, when it popped up on eBay, it was one of those moments where it was like, I need to buy this card right now because I'm not sure I'll ever had to have a chance at it again. So, uh, yeah, to me, this, this is one of those cards that it's got the scarcity component. It's the first year of something. It's got the aesthetics. Um, you mentioned you have the gold copy. I've got a gold Marvin Harrison. The golds are gorgeous. Um, but yeah, it, 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 I love like you, I love tops finest. So O2, I think is criminally underrated. And mm-hmm. this bar just, he's the, what it, also to that era, like the early two thousands, like I just like picture Manning, like in this, in this picture, like, you know, throwing for 300 yards, throwing for four touchdowns and like on a path to win a game and then probably be disappointed in the playoffs. <laughs> they, they, if you ever get a chance at one, they kind of dance on you. So it's, it's, yeah, a, it's kind of a one of a card, one of a kind card. Awesome. And the Marvin here. So I'm seeing in front of me a one of one. It's a Marvin Harrison. Could you tell me more about it? Yeah, so the um, Flair Showcase uh, Legacy Collection, Marvin Harrison, Road 2, Masterpiece, one of one. Um, man, I it I have a hard time thinking about Peyton Manning without thinking about Marvin Harrison. And just being a Colts fan growing up, I have just as much nostalgia for Marvin as I do Peyton, all the moments. And just uh, and incredibly, criminally, like, I know he's a Hall of Famer, but in – when people talk about greatest receivers of all time, I don't expect people to pick them over Jerry Rice or Randy Moss, whatever. But he, to me, he's like right up there. Receptions, yards, everything. And so I've got a, a decent uh, Marvin collection. And this one is just, uh, when this card became available and I got a crack at it, I knew I had to take it because I just, I these masterpieces, one of one, 90s one of ones, it's just it just screams like nineties and nostalgia. And so 
when I think about like, I think about these like ancillary lanes within my PC that I have. And I don't have the collect Marvel collection like I do Peyton or like I do Andrew Luck, but he cer- certainly means a lot in having a card like this. I grew up ripping boxes flare. This is one of those cards that hates all those elements for me. That's awesome. That's super sweet. And like you said, the receiver train is like a whole nother conversation for another day. Cause that's, again, they all feel so undervalued. It's really tricky. Can, Can I say start? something on that? Yeah, for sure. And it looks like you're pausing out again. So I'm gonna have to crop this out. Okay. Yeah. Now you're back. Now you're back. Okay. Go, back. go for it. Um, yeah. The receiver thing I, I have found that there could probably be an, an entire podcast on receiver cards because how, controversial they are um and my take on this is if receivers are nostalgic to you but they're not they don't appear as valuable don't like let like go buy them because those are the these are the guys that were dancing in the end zone when we were growing up like these are players that are significant to us and there's so many good ones in the 90s in the early 2000s um, even, you know, going on to like Calvin Johnson, it's just like, I, I have found that without looking at the data and the, the prices and everything else, it just seems like there's been a growing sentiment on wide receivers. And I think it's just like, look at what receivers in the NFL are making now. And so it's becoming a premium position. And I just feel like there's, there's so many fun receivers to collect and no matter what team you support, the odds of you having someone that you watch growing up who caught touchdowns like there's probably a a new opportunity to start a new collection around that player oh totally while learning 90s cards while learning 2000s like the perfect avenue i totally agree so i appreciate the time brett i have one more quick one for you so i have a fast five so this is five quick questions for you it's the first word that comes to mind or first answer here are you ready for it these are the questions the hobby wants to know so this is really critical you get these right um so you're offered a tag team position at the next WrestleMania. You have either Hulk Hogan or The Rock. Who is, who's your partner? I'm, I'm picking The Rock all day Rock. long. Okay, good to know. Um, and then, so, culture in the Super Bowl, you either have a nosebleed ticket or you have the next the next WrestleMania front row seat. Which are you taking? Nosebleed at the Super Bowl. Okay, okay. That was a tr- <laughs> I figured that'd be a little tricky, but okay. That was tough. Um, and then Topps Finest or Topps Chrome? Just you can only collect one. What are you taking? I'm I'm picking finest. Okay, and then pineapple on pizza is that a yes or no? That's a a, a hard no for me. Oh, a little bit of respect, boss. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and then finally, if you're only collecting from here forward, would you do '90s or '2020s? You can only pick one. So it could be the next seven years. Still, we got which which are you taking? I know fanatics is coming. So that's a little more difficult of a question. I'm I'm picking '90s. Okay, that's good. tough, yeah, but I'm picking nineties. <laughs> I know, I know what I'm get. I know what I'm working with. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you're not a gambling man. You're gonna take take what you can get. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brett. I really appreciate it. Again, great chatting with you. It's been about a year since I think we talked face to face. So, looking forward to seeing you at the national. And again, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Austin. Really appreciate it. All right, talk to you later. Thanks, Brett.